Welcome to the TechMap Podcast. My name is Andy Bargery. On today's show, I am talking with Sam Rothman, who works for a web analytics company called Aribi. And Sam joins me to talk about how, as marketeers, we can use the data that we have available at our fingertips to make much better, smarter marketing decisions, how we can invest our budgets better, how we can make sure that our websites deliver the kind of impact and the return that we're looking for, which let's be honest, hasn't always been easy with some of the tools that we have available to date. But all that's changing with new tech and new ways to look at the data that we're being presented with. So I hope you find this conversation useful. As ever, please leave a review. Let us know what you think. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy the show. Good morning, Sam. Welcome to the TechMap Podcast. How are you today? Hey, Andy. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing well and very excited to be here. I'm really pleased you could uh, you could join me today. I mean, we've been working together for not a very long amount of time, but what I have found by working with you is that you're a real expert in understanding data for making um, decisions for marketeers. So that's why I wanted to bring you onto the show today. So Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Why don't we kick off by you just introducing yourself and telling our listeners a bit about who you are and what you're up to at REB? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a customer success manager at REB. It's a web optimization, web analytics company, helping marketers to not drown in data, but actually derive actionable insights from the um, data that they have in order to help increase marketing conversions, specifically on their website and across their different marketing channels. So I work with all different types of clients, everything from e-commerce to agencies to small, medium-sized businesses to help them understand what's happening on their site and how they can drive more conversions and not um, you know, kind of remove the guesswork and um, you know, make informed, data-driven decisions for their marketing efforts. I love that about drowning in data because I, that's really the reason why I first got in touch with you guys because I was working on a client site and we had loads of information, but we were really struggling to draw any real insights out of that that helped us to make real decisions about how we were going to change the site, how we were going to invest our marketing money to drive people into the site that we're going to convert. And I think we had all that data, but the challenge I think that we have for marketeers is that we have more and more data from more and more different sources, but tying it together to make sense out of it, to make it into actionable insight is not necessarily that easy. No, it's not. And, and often people, you know, they have um, uh, Google Organic, Google Paid, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email marketing, uh, retargeting, all different efforts. And it can honestly um, get a bit overwhelming and confusing and and there's no reason for analytics to be so confusing, right? You should be able to see what's working, what isn't working, and make an informed decision. And that's really, um, you know, what I try to to help companies with. And it's been a, a really exciting journey, learning about all different businesses, what people's uh, problems are, what's going on, and how to kind of uh, make life easier from a marketing perspective. Ah, making life easier. How good does that sound? <laughs> so uh, why don't we, I guess, let's look under the hood a little bit here. Let's look at some examples of, you know, what we can do to use the data to improve our marketing. Give me some ideas or examples of what you've been up to and what you've been seeing that has made a real difference for your clients. Yeah, so I can, um, 
I'd say the, the, the first main example that comes to mind is we invest a lot of time, money, and effort into our different channels. And we know maybe um, you know how much traffic they're bringing to our site. We know the open rates from our email campaigns or our click-through rates or cost per click. Um, but we want to really make sure that the people who are coming to our site are converting, right? Whether they're requesting a demo or signing up for a consult consultation or making a purchase. So something that we've really seen people doing is, is grabbing the events that matter, that final conversion metric, seeing which channel is bringing them the highest quality traffic, and then knowing based off of that data where they should then reinvest their budget the following week, the following month, where if they should focus more on you know keywords and optimizing blog posts so that when people come to their sites, they come from the channels that are more likely to convert and they can really then, um, again, remove that guesswork and leverage data to, to kind of convert more traffic and get that uh, higher return on investment. So that's kind of the, the classic example that we've seen. And it's been fun seeing it in, in different um, uh, companies and different manifestations. But the, the focusing on converting channels, that's probably the, the classic and most helpful example that comes to mind. Yeah, I can well imagine because, you know, ultimately what we're doing as marketeers is driving traffic to our site to convert, to take some kind of action, whether it's filling in a contact form, uh, watching a video, signing up for a webinar, registering for a, an event, whatever it is. But it's not always been clear exactly how to attribute uh, those conversions back to which channel they came from. And I think that's one of the big things that I've been able to draw out of uh, of using your platform, certainly. Yeah, and you actually touched upon a great topic right there. I mean, the word attribution, how to attribute credit from a campaign for a specific conversion, like you mentioned, whether it's requesting a demo or completing a purchase, is probably one of the hottest topics in marketing today. And one of the really interesting things that we've we've noticed is people will come to your site multiple times and interact with your brand in multiple different ways. So maybe they'll see a Facebook ad, click through, come to your site, but they don't convert. Then a few days later, they saw a Google ad, came through, still didn't convert. And a few days later, they're searching on Google for a specific problem. They notice your site comes to the top of the results because of the amazing efforts that you did um, for search engine optimization. They come to your sites, they click through, and they actually complete all the way through conversion. And at least within Oribi, you're able to see kind of that full journey, how your customers are interacting with your brand, and then use that information to inform your marketing campaigns moving forward. Um, it's been tremendously helpful, tremendously exciting, and uh, again, one of the most hottest topics uh, in marketing today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think attribution is is one of those areas that we could all do with understanding better, because there are different formats and models for attribution, aren't there, um, that we could look at. But one of the things I wanted to explore with you today is about creativity, and you mentioned it, I think then, about blogging. And you know, we've been in this content-driven world for, I don't know, four, five, six, maybe more years where the word content marketing has been a real buzzword. And it feels to me like everybody has jumped on that strategy and now there's a whole sea of content. We're awash with content um, that's not necessarily delivering the results or the impact that people are looking for. So how can you use the data that you're getting to actually make you to, to inform your thinking around how do you pursue that strategy using content? What kind of content could you be 
producing or you know is it a case of working out what is working in terms of conversions and eyeballs on site for example that helps you to inform whether you're in the right direction no absolutely that's a really really great question and and i think in general when it comes to content marketing or almost anything else a b testing and trying different methods and strategies is the best way to to figure out what works But when you're A-B testing, you want to have the tools in place to measure quantitatively um, what's bringing results. And we can take blog posts for an example. It's a classic form of content marketing and and extremely popular. There's amazing, amazing content online for almost every topic and subject that you could imagine. Um, uh, There's someone's written a blog post about it. (laughs) No doubt. uh, No doubt. (laughs) And... um, but you know, the person who writes the blog, it, it costs money, it takes time, effort, um, figuring out which keywords to use, the length that you want to take, the uh, frequency that you want to produce new content. And within Aribi, we thought to ourselves, okay, so what's the easiest way, the most intuitive way to figure out if people who actually convert? And let's take a, a SaaS platform as an example. So we want okay. our visitors to submit a demo request and hop on a call with one of our account executives. And we have a blog that's supposed to answer common questions and provide insight for the industry we're focusing on. So a way in Oribi that you can verify very uh, quickly and effectively if the blog post is actually helping to drive conversions is you'll say, are people who click on submit demo request button or even better, are people who arrive at the confirmation page that the request was submitted? are they more likely or less likely than someone who hasn't performed that action um, to read the blog? And you'll see within Aribi that they're 20 times more likely or five times more likely, or maybe there's a negative correlation. It's a good indicator to modify something, but allows you to verify the entire blog or a specific post um, if it's having the desired impact. And you could then extrapolate that you know, to, to videos, if you're putting something on YouTube, um, or if you have any other form of content on your site. But that correlation that you can do between the final conversion metric um, and someone who reads a blog post or the entire blog, again, is a great way to remove the guesswork and um, you know make sure that the conversions are kind of are backed and data driven. Well, that, I think that's the ideal, isn't it? If you can see that someone who has been to the blog post page is 20 times more likely to have filled in the inquiry form, that kind of supports your investment in the production of that blog post or, as you say, any other content on the site, exactly. uh, which is really what we're looking for as marketeers is to understand whether the efforts that we go into to produce great content is actually driving the results that we expect it will in the first place. And I think that that kind of insight has sometimes been quite difficult to pin down in the past. Yeah, I think it's been incredibly, incredibly difficult for content marketers uh, or even just marketing in general or um, people who start a new company are trying to figure out the direction to take. So we really wanted to help solve that problem and provide people with the tool to to verify so that when they're moving forward, they can say, okay, this was an amazing investment of our resources. We want to produce more blog posts because people who read it, like we said, are 20 times more likely to convert. So it's a great indicator for ourselves that yes the content is valuable the the time is worthwhile i mean kind of progress that you know forward so when you're in your boardroom meetings <laughs> and figuring out what direction to take uh you can go up and make the presentation and show the exact numbers and how everything is working um, and i think it's been a, a great problem to solve something really exciting to start to understand and the conversations and the stories we've had with people who work in virtually every industry imaginable 
has been eye-opening and, and such an exciting journey to be on. Yeah, I can imagine. What sort of, I mean, are you seeing some common themes and trends and challenges that marketeers face across all different industries? Or is it so different depending on, is each sector different? No, it's it's a really great question. And actually something that I've, um, we and the team have been have been focusing on and trying to, to figure out because agencies are different from e-commerce sites. SaaS platforms are different from uh, local you know, restaurants or businesses. But it does start to feel like the common or the problems are common, that you want to make sure that the time, energy, and money that you're investing is paying off, regardless of which industry you're in or which scale you're at. Um, every dollar counts. So mm. I, 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 at least initially, the, um, the problems seem to be uh, ubiquitous. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see over time as, as, um, as we learn more if, uh, if it kind of changes or how things progress. But uh, again, yeah, it feels like the problem has been pretty common um, and a fun one to tackle. <laughs> so regardless as to which sector a marketeer works in, they have the same challenge, which is making sure they can prove the return on their their investment in marketing or even prove the value of their existence in some cases. <laughs> it, it's true. It's true. Whether you're trying to justify the return on investment or the value that your department is bringing to the company, <laughs> the, the, uh, the use case is, is everywhere. <laughs> well that doesn't surprise me i think that um you know certainly in the world that i tend to operate in which is mostly b2b at the moment is a lot of the focus is on you know the the, the measurement of that success is all down to volume of inquiries in the top of the funnel um you know so if that that's a very simple clear metric how many leads have you generated for our business this month? And so all of the other data that you get is interesting and it points towards you're going in the right direction. But ultimately, what you need to know is how many inquiries have you generated? And then if you can work backwards and say, okay, I got 50 inquiries from that blog post, but only one from the really expensive video we produced, then you know how to justify where to spend your budget in the next quarter or the next year or however you plan. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, super useful to have extra, extra data. And I think one of the challenges is we've kind of mentioned it already as well, is that there's so many different sources of data now as well. You know, blending them all together into one meaningful piece of intelligence is, is certainly a challenge. It, it's a, a very, very common challenge. And it's a good thing that you um, that you mentioned that because there are two things that I've seen people doing. One is um, hearkening back to attribution and how all the different marketing channels kind of weave together into a full story of how your clients interact with your brand online is, I think, some tremendously valuable insight, as we've discussed, and one way of kind of bridging the gap and bringing all those different marketing sources together into kind of a, a logical flow um, where they're speaking and, and interacting and and um, you know and making sense of it but more so than that or, or in addition to that is uh, something cool that we've discovered that people are learning with Aribi is uh, is they know that okay we're spending money on Google AdWords we're focusing on SEO and creating new um, you know keywords new blog posts we're advertising on on Facebook even retargeting and they know that the top channels that are are bringing them the most traffic. Within Aribi, they then start to learn what's converting the best, but they also are starting to notice, oh, wow, this uh, affiliate channel has actually uh, has a backlink to us and, and is bringing traffic to our sites that we had no idea about. And you can then start to maybe collaborate with them or uh, reach out to them or, or start uh, placing ads on places that you didn't know 
um, were such a great way of bringing converting traffic to your site. So kind of the insight you can learn and the stories that you can create to bring make sense of all those different marketing channels um, really kind of comes to life. And it, it's been mm. yeah, tremendously, tremendously exciting. Yeah, no, that, that is super valuable. I mean, the, the, the use case that I have working with you guys, we can see which of the social media channels are driving traffic. And in, in the past for, for this client where we thought that the traffic from Pinterest was great, actually none of that traffic is converting, whereas the lower level volumes of traffic from Instagram, for example, that, that is converting. So it's kind of, you know, fixing in our minds where to focus our attention going forward. Not so much Pinterest and obviously a lot more on Instagram. Yeah, and you're a, you, know, you in this case or another company where they have a social media marketing manager has to focus on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, a, a multitude of different channels, and you want to make sure that they're spending their time efficiently, uh, just like you mentioned. So it's been um, um, really interesting, again, to see what people are doing, um, how they restructure their campaigns, which channels they start to focus more efforts on, produce more content for uh, based on what they've learned over time for what actually brings converting traffic to their sites. Mm. Okay. So what do you think the future looks like then for, for, for web analytics and, and using data to make decisions? Where do you think the, the industry is going? What sort of innovations do you think we're going to see either out of a rebi or, or do you see from other uh, tech players that you think are interesting and that's going to really enhance what we can deliver with um, data? Oh my god! <laughs> <You're asking laughs> Huge <hard> question. <laughs> no, no, it's a great question, and it's uh, it's fun to uh, think about what what we'll bring. And we're already starting to see some of the future today, and and who knows in in one year, ten years, where uh, where the market will take us. I imagine attribution will become even tremendously more important, especially as retargeting um, progresses, and you know we advertise on multiple channels. You want to really bring that story together. I think. Um, right now, analytics, um, as we've discussed, has been very overwhelming, and a lot of data can lead to analysis paralysis, and, and we have mm. all these numbers, but we don't know exactly what to do. So I think one thing Oribe is focusing on, as well as other companies in the um, website optimization space, are going to try to make sense of the data, whether it's visually, whether it's leveraging AI or machine learning to suggest insights um, it'll try to cut back on the noise and bring the insights that matter so that the marketer can come in the morning to the office, open their computer, see what's happening, and he or she can then make the most informed decision possible based off of the data they have at their fingertips um, and really just kind of make the whole marketing process more efficient, more effective, uh, really for driving the bottom line. So I think uh, marketing attribution will be tremendous. I think um, cutting back on the noise will be um, apparent. AI and machine learning are going to tremendously change the marketing space as we know it today. And I think uh, a lot more is going to come that we're probably not even aware of. <laughs> and I cannot wait to see uh, to see what will happen. <laughs> You're absolutely right with um, AI and machine learning. In fact, I think there was a last episode I spoke to Katie King, who's just written a book all about the use of uh, AI in marketing. And that was a really interesting insight as to to what's already here, but what's coming next in terms of the use of those new AI technologies. So I think if that is the same tech is applied to this space and it makes the data available more usable to marketeers that might not necessarily have a very data or analytical mindset, 
to actually take that data and to make some decisions. And that's a great thing. And I think one of the challenges that I've had over the years is working with tools like Google Analytics, which is fantastic, but it's not always that necessarily that easy to understand user journeys and, uh, and to understand what you're looking at on Google Analytics because there's just so much data available there. And I think that um, Google Analytics has has spent some time, you know, trying to improve that user interface and user experience so it is a bit more digestible. Uh, but there's certainly some way to go before it's really easy for the average marketeer to look at it and, and you know, draw some meaningful conclusions from it. Um, so it'd be great to see what you guys do with your products. You know, as as you start to include more uh, AI and machine learning, it'd be really interesting to see you know what direction that takes you in um, because certainly you've got something that's really easy to to understand to work with to play with the setup right now so i guess you what you're really looking at is how do you how do you empower as marketeers to make even better smarter decisions um, using the the data that you're collecting on our behalf exactly and i think you kind of hit the nail on the head there that whether it's a tool like google analytics or Rebe or or the tools out there because um, the space is, is packed with all different kinds of marketing tools focusing on different aspects. But what we're really trying to do is just make marketers' lives easier, uh, provide the insights that matter, help to understand those full conversion flows and funnels and, and the visitor journey, really get into the mind of your end user um, to help provide them with the best content, uh, the best experience, reduce the amount of friction on your website so people get what they need learn what they need, and actually convert. Um, and uh, within our Rebe, you know, for example, and you're well familiar with this as well, there are kind of two avenues that one can can do that. One is with the, the funnel aspect that I, I think we actually spoke about um, in previous conversations, where you can see the exact flow that people are taking from one step to the other. Or a visitor journey, if you want to go and look at an individual user and see exactly, um, you know, where they got stuck, where they uh, progressed from one button to the page next before converting, and uh, basically helping marketers get into the mind of their their end user again, and um, just kind of making the experience more pleasant overall. I think the best way I heard it earlier <laughs> uh, was just helping someone to have less gray hairs <laughs> as they were uh, <laughs> in their marketing efforts. So I, I really like that. Yeah, it's a bit late for me. I've got mostly, I'm like, a bit like Father Christmas, I've got that much gray hair these days. But um, yeah, that would have been useful about five years ago, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a little time to go, so hopefully I'll save myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've got a few years on you, Sam. So uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I think that is good. I mean, if, if it does help you to you know have a few less gray hairs or you know you, you you're making your life a bit easier as a marketeer that's no bad thing um certainly that's what i've seen so far you know using your tool is that it's helped me to to make some to understand what's happening on the website of my client that it's installed on so that i can help them to understand and plan for the next year you know where are we going to focus our efforts and it's at a level that i understand but also the clients who um have an even less understanding as to the what they're looking at when it comes to web analytics and data. It's very clear for them as well. So you haven't got to be a very data analytics expert to, to understand what you're looking at, which is great. I would actually add something there. I think you mentioned something really, really great, and it's another problem um, in the marketing space is just conveying the insights to other people on your team or your boss or to other departments. Um, and I think something that is 
also going to change over the course of, of uh, as time progresses. And something that we're trying to focus on here specifically at Aribi is how to democratize data and allow people to create reports that include the statistics and the information that matter. Uh, for example, which channels are converting best, and then present that information in a very easily digestible format to whether it's your boss or your manager or your colleague or your partner or your clients if you're an agency so that you can kind of show the value that you're bringing to the table, prove that return on investments that here, you know, we invested more money in this channel, we invested more time on this content, and it brought us the, the result. So really helping to convey that information in a digestible format is um, also, I think, another problem in the marketing space and something that we are really trying to help resolve and make people's lives easier for. And uh, again, maybe a few less gray hairs, <laughs> but I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're helping agencies to report more clearly the value they add to their clients, then there's a whole load of agencies that are going to absolutely love you. So, uh, <laughs> you know, don't <laughs> don't stop uh, that journey you're, you're on there. But one question I wanted to ask you is obviously you're working on a lot of sites and we've talked about the challenges that you see across sites and it being fairly uniform, the main challenge that most people are experiencing. But I wonder whether, you know, from all the sites you've looked at, are there particular things you're seeing on websites that are, aren't are working or are disrupting the user journey so people are leaving the funnel, for example? So I'll give an example of where I'm trying to get to here is a lot of people put a white paper behind a, a, a gate, right? They put a contact form there to download a white paper and quite often that results in people not filling in the form and not downloading the white paper. And there's quite a lot of debate as to whether there's any value in that uh, that approach. But I mean, are there things like that that you're seeing website property owners doing that you see consistently isn't working or is breaking that um, user journey? Um, I, I would say um, uh, I think I can give you more of a, of a general answer because it is often very industry specific and and, and use case okay. specific. Um, and often it's not something we would expect. So maybe it could be gated content in that example. Um, but one use case is clients or, or businesses often have a flow that they want their customers to follow. And it could be going through a piece of gated content and putting in their email address and getting to a thank you page so that the sales rep will follow up. Um, it could be a full flow from coming to the homepage to completing a demo request form. It could be uh, an e-commerce site and going through the whole add to cart checkout thank you page process. And often we create the, the flows that we think are ideal. Um, and then over time, we start to realize that our clients or our visitors are getting stuck somewhere along the way in, in an area we weren't anticipating. And what's cool about what we've been able to do and create are these very uh, visually appealing um, simple to create funnels that allow you to capture each step of the flow that you want your um, visitors to perform for whatever industry you're in. And you'll see exactly where people are falling off, what the cart abandonment rate is at each level or what the drop-off is at each level. Uh, you could also specify this for each industry if you want to get very granular. But the value there is understanding where to focus your efforts on changing a step. Maybe the gated content really is is, is an impediment and it's not working for you, or maybe it is. Um, maybe there's a step that you could eliminate that's totally unnecessary. Maybe you want to change the call to action, location of a button, um, different things like that to really help, again, reduce the friction that um, your 
visitors might be engaging with on your site. And that I think is is something that's been tremendously helpful and something that we also see across across industries because typically there is a flow that you want your customers to perform. And often you learn a tremendous amount about it (laughs) as you kind of get again into the mind of your customers. So to kind of answer your question there, I think I think that is probably the um, the insight that we've seen so far. I know it's not a very specific example, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that kind of resonates uh, across different industries. No, I think that's that's okay. I think what what you're saying is that as as marketeers, we have a different understanding of what the the user journey our target audience will take to what they are actually taking. And so we need to look at that and optimize that. Whether we're in e-commerce, whether we're in B2B, whatever our product or or service is, it's the same challenge as to how well do we understand our clients? How well have we mapped out the user journeys to to what we think they're going to take to what they actually take? And then using a tool like Arebi or others to actually and then refine that user journey. But it's, I think the word you used there was friction. And I like that. It's kind of, you know, the more friction there is for a user on their site, the less likely they are to complete the action that you want them to do, whether it's to uh, fill in a form or whether it's to get in touch, whether it's to view a video or whatever that call to action actually is. Um, So friction, I think, is the the one thing you're seeing across all clients is that there's friction um, that gets in the way of completing the action they want their users to take mm-hmm. and i think and yeah um and i, I actually have to plug a, <laughs> a book here because i can't take credit for coming up for the term i, I did read <laughs> it somewhere <laughs> um but I, I think helping businesses to remove friction uh is something that that's tremendously valuable and ubiquitous again across all industries and the um where I first uh, learned about this term was actually from a guy named Don Pepper, who's kind of a trailblazer in this customer experience space. And the book is called Customer Experience, What, How, and Why Now? And it's really all about making the experience for the customer the best it can be, removing friction at each um, level, because one, it makes uh, the customer feel better. (laughs) And also it helps you to uh, to increase conversion. So it's kind of a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I haven't I haven't heard of Don Pepper's book before, but it sounds really interesting. And you know, one of the I think removing that friction is great. You know, one of the examples of a company that's really done that well, I think, is Amazon. If you if you look at how easy it is to buy something on Amazon, it's insanely easy. There's so little friction between you searching for a product, finding it, reading a review, then buying it. You can do it all in less than a minute if you wanted to. <laughs> and I think that um, you know, if if other website owners could learn from that example and they could look at where they're creating friction through that user journey and improve that then that definitely wouldn't be a bad thing whether you're selling you know consumer products or whether you're selling uh, very expensive computers or or services you know it's still the same still the same challenge you want someone to come into your site and very easily complete the action you've got them there for yeah no totally and i think um the amazon use case is is a fantastic example i like many many other people probably including yourself <laughs> use amazon all the time whether it's for watching a movie or purchasing a product and the user experience is tremendous um definitely something <laughs> we can learn it about. is <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I hate what it's doing to the kind of the physical retail world, the high street, which is really struggling, certainly here in the UK anyway. But it's so hard as a as a consumer to get away from that because it's such an easy, frictionless, simple process to shop on Amazon, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But they've kind of sewn it up over here. But it's interesting. One of our clients is um, they specialize in 
helping brands to sell through e-commerce in China. And and over there, it's a it's a much more advanced and different e-commerce world. And Amazon's not really got a toe in yet. So it'll be interesting to see you know how Amazon changes as the Chinese e-commerce model kind of expands around the world. But that is a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned um, Don Pepper's book there, Sam. Anywhere else that you go for ideas or inspiration that you would recommend our listeners check out as well? Absolutely. I mean, there's a tremendous, tremendous quantity of resource um, resources available online. Uh, personally, I would recommend checking out Oribe's blog, uh, as well as our YouTube channel. We have a lot of information there for marketers who are trying to reduce friction, understand which channels are converting, uh, use cases as well. It'd be blog.oribe.io, and you can also find this on YouTube. Uh, those would probably be two great places to search. Um, though there's very course, good, tremendous, tremendous information online. <laughs> okay, good stuff. We'll have a, I'll, uh, I'll include those uh, links in the show notes. So, Aribi, just so I know, you're an Israeli based company, right? Yes, our headquarters is out here in Tel Aviv. <laughs> very good. And how long have you guys been around? So, we've been around for about three years actually, since 2016. And it's been um, a fun journey. I joined the company just uh, last year. I'm originally from the United States. And it's been fun to see how the company has grown over time, um, the way it's changed and, and, and um, grown kind of uh, with experience. And it's been yeah. uh, an amazing space to be in. And also being based uh, by the Mediterranean, <laughs> I have no complaints. <laughs> 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 yeah, I can imagine you're looking at quite a nice blue skies right now, are you? And uh, enjoying some sunshine. Yes, yes. Uh, very thankfully, yeah. I love it. <laughs> if I could spend more time at the beach, I would. <laughs> oh, well, you, look, you can't talk to an Englishman without getting into the weather at some point. So we've, we've ticked that box, which is great. But uh, look, Sam, thanks so much for joining us. I think that um, you know I've really enjoyed working with you. I've really enjoyed working with the Aribi tool for the last, uh, I think, maybe three months or so we've been, we've been using it. So it's been great to to chat to you and, and talk to you more about you know what the tool is designed to achieve. And I think a lot of what we've talked about is you know we're getting out of that. So. Um, in terms of a use case, case study, there you go. There's one right there for you to stick up on your blog. But um, if any of our listeners are intrigued to find out more, um, how should they get in touch? Yes. Well, uh, so there are a few ways to get in touch. You can either email me directly. It's samuel at oribi.io. Also, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Samuel Rothman. And I'm more than happy to discuss these topics with um, with anyone who wants in more detail, kind of offer my experience from the space as well as answer any questions and and just be a resource if um, if anyone would like to. Amazing. Thanks a lot, Sam. Great to talk to you. Yep, Andy, it was a pleasure as well. Thank you very much for having me on, the, on your podcast. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your day. 